0: man just like to hop on you're gonna have to like edit the shit out of this i'm so sorry um,
1: okay well now we know who's editing this episode oh listen
0: <laughs> you're editing this episode right, okay <laughs> um you literally just said yesterday you have free time and I was like nah you got did it did i yeah this morning just like yeah today you're like oh I'm so, so sorry. I, I had like nothing to do so i took a nap
1: shut up this is Florida podcast what's
0: up y'all uh, welcome to another episode of the Bunga Podcast. Today, it's me and Nana answering your questions. Why? Because we're out of content. I mean, no, should- don't, <laughs> no!
1: Don't tell people that! No. We're so good at our jobs, don't worry. Yo, we're
0: not. What are you talking about?
1: Uh, you're no. bad publicity for us. Oh, I'm
0: such trash anyways
1: all right so we have got some questions we the way that mailbags work is we put out a signal to see if people who listen to us have things that they want us to answer directly um i guess disclaimer on this entire thing is we don't actually know anything
0: don't take me like don't don't take anything their opinions
1: (laughs) don't do it okay um yeah all the opinions that we have here are purely opinions do we know anything about anything no but we have a podcast we're going to talk about things all right. So first question we've got from Rathika Gore, who asks, can guys dress as girls?
0: Yes. I want to see it. I want to see it so bad. Listen.
1: Yeah. I also say yes, hands down. Well, okay. The question is, can it happen? Yes. Do I think everyone will lose their shit? Also, yes. Do I think it matters? No, I don't think it really matters. Uh, it shouldn't matter. No we're it also, matters.
0: Like, it matters. It just it shouldn't matter, but it matters. It matters in the sense that, like it's a moment,
1: yeah, it it the the first team to like do that completely seriously, that will be a moment. That will be a moment that I'm very excited for. I don't know. in in some ways, it's almost like we're halfway there already. We already have teams, often guys' teams do segments where they have men in men's worthy acting out like effeminate things, mostly for comedic purposes. but it's a thing where men are doing things on stage with like a junni, or they're like and mostly it's for comedic effect but i'm super curious what would happen if it weren't if it weren't a joke which is actually we went that step further and put the men in the women's vardhi and said okay have at it like this is this is what we're doing because the other thing is that like dressing the opposite way we're having women and men's worthy has been done for so long but it's not really been done for, like, statement purposes. It's been done mostly to balance rosters. Yeah. Which is, I think if you started to do that for, if that was the justification for having men and women's variety, I think it's a fair argument. I think it's interesting because, like I said, everyone will lose their minds, but.
0: So it's it's very, it's interesting because after that game episode that I did and, like, reading literally all his fucking papers, um, you know, there is, there is actually a lot of evidence or maybe not a lot of evidence, but there is evidence, there are historical examples of men's gidda, and other dance forms like summi. Summi is also traditionally an exclusively female dance, but we do do some summi in pangra. And same thing with gidda. there is now an incorporation of gidda steps into pangra as well. And so it is interesting to think pangra has included pantomiming of very feminine and effeminate actions on stage. Could you translate that to dressing like a woman on stage? I'm trying to ma- I'm trying to make like the folk argument right now, and I'm like failing dramatically. But there is like I feel like there is some ev- some some evidence to that. And then the other thing I was gonna say. So you were talking about how we're halfway there. I mean, I would absolutely not argue that we're halfway there. We're maybe like an eighth of a step of the way there. In that. The same way how you, I remember having this conversation with you like a while ago. You were telling me this earlier when you were trying to explain how Monica dancing in a bug and not being a gimmick was a big reason why FCB with ICB having a girl on an all guys team was a huge deal. In comparison to AG where there was a girl dancing in a bug for majority of the set but then... then bug taken off oh whoa girl wow yeah FCB like normalized yes like, and so, not na- so, so now so now like we're at the point where we're like one step behind the AEG moment where so
1: basically you're saying like, like the next the thing that would probably need to happen next for us to get to a point where guys could dress as girls and it wouldn't be a big deal would be for someone to dress a guy as a girl and have it be a moment in this set to yeah. incorporate it to draw attention to it almost i
0: think so yeah no that is, that is what i'm saying
1: isn't that like logistically very difficult though? oh
0: it's it, I, i'm i'm saying if it's to follow the same path realistically i don't think but, it's, like what's
1: the point like if there I, is okay, no okay if, if i if i put you in a chunni and was like umar is going to be your gimmick we would not make it eight counts of the set before the gimmick was revealed because you have a beard and like you are really really
0: like no, let's make
1: conventionally it. masculine lo- looking Yo, Akash so
0: Bunzel, we got you <laughs> you, you, you don't you, you you haven't grown a beard in years it's fine we got you okay um. but
1: hypothetically okay hypothetically we have two options here we have a gosh or umar if i went with umar yeah. it's it's a lot i think this is why it's an issue right it's because it's it's harder to disguise a guy as a girl mm-hmm. Because of the way the Vardy is especially, so I don't know if we're even gonna get that option to like kind of soften the blow. It's Re- really that's really what a gimmick does, right? It's it softens the blow. It's like we know it's doing this edgy thing, but don't worry, it's not serious.
0: No, honestly, like I like this. This realistically, like, will not happen. Like, I would love to see it. I want to see Uncle G lose his mind. I I want to see everybody lose their mind. But at the same time, we have to normalize. Like, it would happen. Dudes just walking around in like a skirt just has to be normalized. Period. Like in like normal like.
1: I mean, gender like as a performance is a concept that more and more people are familiar with and accepting of. Um, I think the South Asian community is just a little late to the game as usual, but You're right. I think we could get there. I get there. would really, really love to see someone. It, like, basically wants to, like, express gender in, like, a different way than just being a guy and guys where they are... Listen, this is only going to happen like on DDR worthy. now.
0: You, you know what you have to do.
1: <sighs> I'm... <laughs> like, like... Right. A couple, like... Jordan, Jordan and I are switching for the...
0: <laughs> That's what's happening. Like, let, let, let's, let, let's be real. Like, the only team that, are, like, could That's make so dumb, sense... Man. That's really silly ne-
1: to, like, put the put the burden on, like, the same team over and over again to keep breaking berries. Like, it's exhausting. Oh, yeah. So, I think, like, maybe maybe, like rvd (laughs) is gonna be the one that's rvd
0: yo prince you got this
1: do it please do it
0: all right next so ruthika v gore has asked the question how do you do song selection i don't do a lot of song selection honestly my my biggest contribution to most mixes is beats i listen to a lot of weird rap or like songs that just people don't really listen to because i like interesting beats and so i Usually, like my job, if anything, is to find those very like weird people that beats that people haven't used, quotables and things like that. And so I will, for the most part, be looking for vibes. And whenever, okay, so whenever FCB is trying to make a set or make a segment, I'm thinking about the ups and downs throughout the set. And so let's say beginning, we want to do a hype ass beginning shika segment, super hype. And then, okay, we're now thinking about, like, we're climbing, we're climbing. Okay, we just had, like, a peak moment in the set. Now we need to slow things down a little bit in order to make the next peak of the set hit harder. And so then I will also then be looking, okay, we need something a little bit more chill. We need something to, Like, a little bit more vibey, things like that. And so that's how I go about it. I usually, I'm thinking about vibes that I'm trying to portray within a segment and then I look for songs based off of that.
1: Yeah. And I know we've talked about this before. And like, you don't necessarily listen to like a lot of Punjabi music or know that much when it comes to picking the actual songs that make up the set. You're better at picking the vibe. But I would argue that the vibe is actually should really be the guiding principle of song selection. Um, I've done song selection both as a captain um, and then as a mixer as well. And for me personally, that that is the guiding principle is what do I want the segment to feel like? If you're a captain, I think the best thing you can do is get an idea ahead of time of what you want your segment to look and feel like. So just because you're doing a Fumonia does not mean that you should just tell your mixer, hey, pick a Fumonia. What does your Fumonia do in your set? Is it a hype moment? Is it a chill moment? Even without knowing what the song sounds like, I think it's beneficial to kind of have some idea ahead of time of what you're going for. Because it'll really help your mixer pick a song. If you're reliant on them, um, it'll really help your mixer get an idea of what kind of soundscape they should really be painting for you. I also really have a strong preference for things that I haven't heard a million times um, as a mixer, but then also just as a listener of other I mixers. Got one
0: like- last time to hear y'all. Yo, yo, if I hear that again,
1: I mean, listen there is a limited number that's a separate issue some of the, some of the reasons I'm, I'm ill
0: oh i'm just really yeah so some now. of the
1: reason the some of the reason that like those keep <laughs> happening actually is i think because those are those are some vocals that are easily available as just the vocals yeah. without the rap instrumentals behind them it is very hard to get isolated rap vocals You're right um so mixers send each other files and packs of stuff and that's definitely what's in all of them um but they are hype so I give I personally give people free passes on that but it's like so one thing I've noticed a lot the last uh, couple years especially is that a Punjabi song will come out it'll be really good and so everyone will want to use it so everyone will use it and then they'll go to their fall comps and they'll hear everyone else using the song and they'll say oh we should probably change this what else just came out that's really good so I'll switch to that song But everyone else, the same idea. So then for the next seven months, that is the song that everyone uses. And it kind of just keeps happening. Why this is happening is a separate issue. But I would say that if you really want your team to be unique, it's not just about having unique moves. It's about the whole presentation of what you do on stage feeling unique. And to me, audio is a huge component of that. So I guess... If i had to distill this down to a couple different things i would say for song selection make sure you're picking make sure you're picking songs that have underlying beats that match or can be made to match the dull beats required for the segment you're doing so if you're doing uh the mall segment making sure that the songs you're picking have underlying beats that can be either be made into the mall by your mixer comfortably or already have that in there also try to pick things that are matching the vibe of your set more than a particular song. Don't get too attached to particular songs. Be more invested in the overall impression that the song is making and on the audience, but also on your dancers, you want to be excited about it. Um, And try to pick songs that make you sound different. That may not just be the song itself. That may be the underlying beat. That may be the mixture that you're working with It's a really unique sound. But even if you look different from everyone else, if you sound the same as everyone else, you're kind of doing yourself a disservice. That
0: being said, you can't go wrong with the classic song, so. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Like you'll find find the like folkiest, oldest recording of whatever song you're thinking of that like everybody knows the lyrics to, gets the crowd bumping. Everybody loves to sing along to the song at the drop, and it makes it and it makes it always hit that much harder. That, and those older songs, a little bit I, personally like much more malleable in terms of what kind of vibe you want to go for you can add a certain backbeat you can add certain things to those older sounding songs and make something
1: really interesting right that's because they were recorded with a dole though yeah like older songs Mm. are easier to use a lot of times for bhangra because they literally are they're the same bullion that are used for that were used for bhangra like originally Mm. and are used for bhangra now Mm -hmm. so for that reason older songs a lot of times are easier to mix i don't want to say less goes into it There's less There are fewer not, layers that's not true they're but fewer layers. exactly there's fewer layers so it's easier to kind of build your own sound around those vocals and beats yeah um but yeah i mean listen you can never go wrong with a crowd pleaser but my personal thing would not to be make a whole set of just crowd pleasers oh you know it's really fun. funny
0: because we did that once and they're like this is the best mix you've ever made in your entire life and i was like all right man
1: was this Peru in 2016?
0: no this was a uh, clutch city whatever year that was 2017
1: oh that's so weird that you say that because i did not think i thought the clutch mix was sort of like that but the biggest thing for me was the fact that you guys had all pre-2010 tracks
0: yeah that was that, that was a point that was like very... yeah that
1: was like as a as a concept that was super cool but like i know that like ram and i talked about this apparently the brew 2016 mix was you know really well received oh lovely. Loved but it. i don't think that i don't that's like that's not my favorite mix my favorite mix is actually the big 10 one because the big 10 fcb1 was just so different sounding from everything else yeah. so anyway all personal right. preference definitely comes into it all right okay so next question from Nikhil: should reusing segments lower creativity scores
0: there they, it's a, so they really just depends because there are certain things teams own like in all honesty, like fcb owns goggles on their planes um fortale owns shings sgpd owns the heel click uh nj owns amplifier um but then there's, like, this weird, like, liminal zone where can I, like, FCB is the only team, and it's a very iconic moment, to drop Quintana from the ceiling. Can I bring that back once? Um, Fodge does the tank shit, where they come out of the tank, they, they end the set of the tank or whatever. Like, how many times can they do, like, that is their thing. But is that, like, the you know, like, there there is some gray zone.
1: There's definitely gray zone, but I think the thing to remember as like a guiding principle here is that we're talking about... like The question is framed in terms of specifically taking points off a rubric, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the thing about judging. Judging is not this set against all sets ever. Uh-huh. It's this set against the other sets that are here tonight. So, if you're talking about creativity, is it objectively less creative to use the same segment over and over again? I think so. Do I think that teams have a right to do it yeah i think you came up with it you can dance it but if it is still a more creative segment than everyone else there that night i think you get the point yeah I think you get the points because it's relative right yeah
0: and i will i will say though like the the rule of thumb that i remember like when i was starting to make sets, is that you make it you you got it for a year you can milk it as much as you want you everybody kind of does it already because think about it um you go to Berg, all right? You try out a, few, a bunch of different segments. Half of them f- fall flat. Half of them, like, hit really hard. You keep those same two segments, two or three segments the entire year. I don't think anybody really gets docked creativity points. Because, like, oh, I saw you do it at Berg, but now it's blowout. And basically, like, no, nobody's going to really dock you points at all unequivocally. Within the same season. Within the same season. Now, right. but then, you know, like, Bruin to Berg, like, you could probably get away with it. But then, like, Bruin to, like, next year at Bruin? You're probably not getting away with that. Like at a certain point, at a certain point, like yeah, I'm gonna be like, come on, don't do it again.
1: I think the bigger issue is like what, not whether or not the judge is gonna take off points, but whether or not you can still win with the same set over and over again, right? Because one, if you do the same segment every time, you're supposed to judge obviously like just against the other teams that are there that night. But if I see you do the same segment every single time, chances are it's going to have low impact because I'm going to know what's coming. Yeah. Like, this was actually one of the issues with, in my opinion, the FCB Berg set this year, because I know it was a 10-year anniversary thing, mm-hmm. and so there was a bunch of gimmicks that were brought back as, like, you know, t- yeah. as a tip of a hat to the last 10 years. Yeah. But that did mean that there was a couple gimmicks where I saw them coming mm-hmm. because I have seen FCB sets, right? Yeah. Now, does that mean that FCB shouldn't have done it or isn't allowed to do it because it's been more than a year since they did that gimmick? I don't think that they're not allowed to do it, but I do think that an FCB expects that every single person in the audience and every single judge is going to be, you know, wowed and never saw that gimmick coming. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't exist in a void. We've seen a lot of that stuff before. So it may not hit the same way as freshly as it did when you first did it in 2012, 2016 or whatever, which is fine, which is fair. Yeah. But I think the bigger threat, honestly, is if you bring the same set to every comp mm-hmm. and the same segment to every comp, other teams are going to know how to beat you because they know exactly what they're up against each time
0: yeah so i think the biggest thing is that like end of the day people are humans judges are humans and if they've seen something before it's just not going to hit as hard as before so you're not necessarily going to be like hey team a i saw you do this last year so therefore i'm going to dock points it's not going to be as outright as that but it's going to be well i expected it I'm still going to give you points, but it's I like if I'm in the deliberation room, I am not going to vouch for you as hard. realistic. because, again, I am human. And so it's just not going to stick with me as much the second time as it did the first time.
1: So Saab threw this question in, which I don't know whether or not he meant it as a joke, but we're going to go for it. All right. So Saab says, GOAT battle, FCB versus NJ. Which organization is more successful? Why are you
0: going to make me do this? I mean... Listen, like we gotta g- we be, get like we gotta listen, be a, listen. Put
1: your podcaster hat on, man. You gotta uh, be objective.
0: Podcast hat obviously is fucking N J. Like they they like they're first place in first places. We're first place in second places. Okay, like <laughs> like all right. Um, there's that. Putting my F C B hat back on. Um, yo, listen, we're like, we're like we're second place. Like name another team that has like as relevant for as long.
1: Uh, yeah, I.
0: Nah, but I mean, like, think about it, like, uh, DRP gets, like, like, yeah, sure, we get beat a lot, but we get second, like, it's just like we get second. Okay, so,
1: okay, so, 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 NJ is first in first places, FCB is first in second places, and DRP is first in third places. Yes, they are! Yes, it is! Yeah!
0: (laughs) Yo, we're friends with DRP, it's fine.
1: Okay, DRP, we love you. I personally know and love many members of DRP, but... (laughs) when we're stalking stats tonight, so. (laughs) All right. Um, that's a
0: sound bite um next one let me ask let's, let me ask you next one all right Aman Bansal has asked should we put k-pop in part of team mixes
1: yes oh 100% yes we absolutely should I am always I don't want to hear the same Punjabi song mixed with the same hip-hop song 50 times and I don't want to keep hearing mixes that all sound the same as each other which I mean, we can get into why this is happening, but like, so before I was even mixing, most of the people who i spoken to, there really weren't that many people who knew a lot about actual music production. It really was just using a lot of the canned loops that are out there and doing just splicing, cutting, throwing some very rudimentary um, post-processing stuff on there. And like, that was the mix, but there are mixes from like 2011 that bang. And tapes. so many, so many. I mean, classics is like an anomaly in the sense that, like, I think has classics. always had really good classics production. Classics
0: is an actual, produ- like, actual person.
1: Right. But the thing is that, like, I think if you look through the mixers that honestly have gotten the most, have had the most consistent success and the most loyal following the last few years, mm-hmm. they're mixers where when you listen to their work, you can tell what kind of music they listen to and what kind of music they like. Mm. And I think that's huge because everyone likes something a little bit different. Everyone has slightly different music tastes. And so if you're using that to inform your mixing, it shows. And then you're making mixes that sound different from everyone else's. It is why I
0: love Momo. I love that jazzy shit.
1: Yeah. Mohith has a background in jazz. And so like he has a lot of times mixes that are chiller and more melodic. And like we've talked about this with him before on the live cast. But... I mean, you can tell that that's in there. You may not be able to say, oh, Moet listens to jazz. But once you know that Moet listens to jazz and plays jazz, you understand where his mixes are coming from a lot better. And Thig's another one. Like, you listen to Thig, you listen to G-Sync, both of them. There is clearly a strong old-school hip-hop influence. Honestly, even the FC Beats ones for a long time. You can I know from listening to FC Beats that Ron listens to a lot of trap, electronic music, and like... Two thousands hip hop and rap, yeah, and that's like what you see in the mixes. So you can spot them coming from a mile away, and it also just gives them such like a unique sound. If you listen to K-pop and you're a mixer, put it in the mix because no one else is doing that stuff. No one else is listening to that. No one else is expecting it, and it just like any team who dances to that, any team who dances to a mix where K-pop is in there and it's well integrated, is a super lucky team in my opinion because they just got a slight edge. Mm-hmm. on the audio standpoint that no other team has they now have something in their back pocket that like no other team is working with if your soundscape is like not compelling what's the point you know i don't know i'd be i would get a, i don't listen to k-pop but i would get a huge kick out of knowing that someone put k-pop on i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do it i have a bucket list i don't know if people know this i have a bucket list of sounds and songs that i really want to put in to different mixes and kind of slip them in i managed to hit more than one of them in the ndc uh mix was for ddr so I'm a huge Jessie Reyes fan, and mm. the intro for the NDC mix that DDR had, I clipped some of her uh, vocals for that and put them in. I'm not going to lie, that is one of my favorite segments that I've made, and I got a huge kick out of just knowing that I had managed to sneak Jessie Reyes into a mix. They're like Easter eggs for like me yeah. and myself. Yeah. I don't know, maybe everyone's going to go put Jessie Reyes in their mixes now, <laughs> now that I've said that I did that, but like... That's what's like fun for me. I love to sit down and make a mix and go to my bucket list and be like, "Which of these things can I like tick off?" So, I get a huge kick out of that. All right, right, Umar. So, why has I did not preface that? All right, Umar. Next question: Why has creativity decreased in the circuit over the past three years?
0: So, me and Sab have actually talked about this a lot, Um, and. Honestly, the biggest thing that I see, like now that I have been judging more and also making a lot of rubrics or at least being in the room while a lot of rubrics are made, my biggest thing is that a lot of the rubrics and a lot of team, a lot of competitions don't really have an identity and they all look very similar. So, I mean, think about it. If you take your set and you go from Berg to uh, Mela to Nudge Nashville to Blow Up, you could like you could take the same set, and you could probably and like if it was a placing set, you would probably place maybe win all of them, without ma- many differences. And Team, which
1: teams have done like which two thousand sixteen CMU CMU and MBT both yeah, yeah. took pretty much the same set the entire year
0: exactly. And you're wondering why creativity has not changed within the circuit over the past three years. We're basically looking the same, man. Like at this point, it's like. So you got MCB and 6 on one side, you got NDC and Bruin on the other, and then like literally nothing, no difference in between for pretty much most. And there's two reasons for it. There's two potential reasons that like we've thought, I've thought of about this. One is that now as rubrics are becoming, going under more scrutiny by the circuit at large, a lot of people... I'm guilty of this, too, because at a certain point, like, you kind of just have to agree with what the comp director says, but a lot of comps don't want to shake the boat with their rubrics, and so they'll look at another rubric, say, like, hey, I like this wording, I like this wording, I like this wording, and just, like, put it together, and it looks very similar um, to another competition, and, they, like, it's it's always this thing where I want the best Bhangra to win. I want the best overall set to win. Well, if you want the best overall set to win, it's just going to be like a 50-50 split. Maybe like, oh, I want it to be more folk, so sprinkle some, like, traditionality points. Or like, oh, I want it to be more creative, sprinkle in some creativity points, on, like five points on the other side. And then maybe got like a 50-60-40, 55-45 split regardless that's like mo- that is that is 90% of rubrics now and so if you have all the rubrics like starting to merge together you're not gonna really see any differences in creativity but then if you go to ndc yo there's a dude who did there was a gr- was that first day or was it you guys who did like the fucking helicopter shit yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That was just, a girl shrimp did like the helicopter like on stage and i was like oh
1: no 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 no, that that was bu
0: that was bu okay
1: oh you're talking about something completely different No 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 okay what,
0: what are you talking about man
1: i'm talking about where ddr spun on stage as fast as possible for like 16 counts you're
0: right Uh but that's what i'm saying like that like ndc is now a really fun com to watch because there's difference and why does the difference happen it's because the rubric allows for that um like the rewards it. yeah there's no real incentive structure to be different because a lot of the times when you are different and you throw risks at the wall like sometimes they won't stick and you just knock yourself out of placing but a lot of these comps that like specifically say we want risky sets we want you to take we want you to do creative and interesting things and we we, we will reward you for being creative those are the comps that you get really wacky stuff like Bruin you'll get some wacky stuff because there's a there is points for production at the same time like just because you don't need to like literally just add creativity points and to do that like six and MCB even though they're like focus like focus hell, you will get some creative things there too because you will introduce and incorporate different folk steps, folk moves, folk beats, and folk set, like just folk elements that you normally wouldn't incorporate into most sets, but that is rewarded. And so- That's
1: what I was going to say. I feel like this for the same reason that NDC's explicit encouragement of risk yields to more creative sets, I kind of feel like Six and Motor City also do that, but in- A different way right because now you're working within the parameters of traditionality so you already know roughly what most of the sets are going to look like that night or at least what framework and patterns they're going to follow but you still need to win right So there's this additional burden of what can i do as a traditional folk team to still distinguish myself as better than everyone else so it's like it's it's a different puzzle so it yields different results like
0: like, 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 theoretically, a competition could like, really value formations. You're gonna see some crazy stuff. You could like, crazy formations, um, uh, more so than you would at a normal competition. That could be super interesting. Or maybe they really value formational cleanliness and you will see like, the straightest lines you'll ever see in your entire life. But what I'm saying is like, yeah, like, comps need to have different identities.
1: So is that what you think? Is that what you think is like? That's the solution. That this? is that is the
0: biggest thing. Like, dude, like, that, like NDC li- li- literally is the example. NDC went from like a whatever comp to like, oh shit, we have to like change our set for NDC if you want to go. And now bigger teams and more competitive teams come to that, come to that with awesome ideas. It's almost it's almost as if like ch- changing the framework behind you behind your competition really allows innovation and other Don't things. Do it. Don't do it. Yeah. Hey, so Eat No. The
1: application.
0: No, not nah, nah, applications come out October 10th. October 10th, and deadline is October 31st, 24th. I forget.
1: All right. Okay. Well, good job. Yes. You um, got your plugin. Yeah. Are you
0: happy? Yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, so, you Naina, know, will the circuit be the same after COVID?
1: I. Oh, i don't know if i'm the person to answer this i am a little bit of i don't want to say a pessimist but i'm a realist and <laughs> i've been having some conversations with some people about this um obviously things may change but
0: i wonder what will change i wonder what the addition of something will change it
1: i you shut up <laughs> okay <laughs> we're not talking about ebonger anymore All right, fine, fine. um fine. So I think, like, it's it's really hard to say, but I, am, I will just say that I am worried about it staying the same and like, recovering. If you break this down mm-hmm. into what are the components that make the circuit mm-hmm. as we know it, right? So mm-hmm. one of those is comps. And logistically, it's going to be a really long time, I think, before we can have comps because, I mean, I think when the question says, are, is the circuit going to be the same, we're talking about, like, 2018 to 19 for those comps to come back that we all like are know and are familiar with you're talking about being able to safely get large amounts of people from across the continent to one place um in some cases the world depending on certain competitions right but you're talking about getting people from multiple cities in different parts of the world to come together travel there without issue without having to quarantine because don't trying to go to a comp for two weeks
0: so listen you're not trying to go to a comp for two weeks
1: oh are you trying to go to a comp for two weeks
0: listen if i had the time i'd be kind of down i'm trying to get out of med school i'm yeah, barely in med do. school
1: <laughs> okay but like if you're talking about a non-quarantine situation you also need everyone to be able to go there and interact with each other freely and we even if the comp is outside like, this is also a conversation that's happened like what if we started to have comps outside that would mean a really limited season but even that doesn't fix the issue of the fact that like COVID is you know air transmitted and you have people in close proximity on stage dancing really hard and so there's a lot of heavy breathing so even like the actual environment in which we're dancing is different Mm -hmm. tech time getting an audience together even if people were willing to dance i think without an audience the rest of the logistical stuff is still there accommodations all this stuff Mm so because comps are so travel focused I think that in-person comps is going to be a really long time before people are comfortable getting together and traveling for these comps and going through that weekend without worrying about their health. So that's that's the comp side of things, right? Mm-hmm. The other side of it is teams, and I think we're already seeing this. Uh, a lot of teams are not able to actually get together and practice. So I worry, depending on how long these kinds of restrictions are in place, how long it will take for... Um, how long it will be before teams are able to kind of get back and practice. Mm-hmm. This isn't a problem, of course, if you're talking about independent teams, because a lot of those dancers are around. But a significant portion of the circuit is made up of collegiate dancers. And for a lot of us, that's where we like got our start when we were in college. Mm. And that is actually what I'm really worried about. It's the collegiate side of things. If you think about it, like you have freshmen that are coming in now. Mm-hmm. If it is two years before they're able to dance in person and go to a comp, mm-hmm. the people that would have been able to teach them, like, their seniors, mm-hmm. will be long gone. So if they weren't necessarily able to get together and practice in person, mm-hmm. because a lot of teams are taking the season off, yeah. in two years, where are they going to be and that, as dancers? That's
0: honestly the biggest thing we're, I'm worried about. And, like, I know I've been, like, goof off goof a lot, but, like, in all in all honesty, I think... We're going. Unfortunately, we are going to see a dearth of competitions the following year because there's going to be a a season of competitions that didn't actually happen, and so therefore those co-directors don't actually know what they're doing, and so therefore they're going to teach. Uh, it's like the blind leading the blind. Like ah, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. Hundred so percent. And so same thing with same thing with dancing, and I think that there's going to be there's definitely going to be a decline. In the quality and quantity of collegiate teams, because a lot of them will die. Same thing with comps; there are going to be, few, there are just going to be fewer in-person comps solely because they don't have the funds from the previous year to build off of. They don't have the experience from the previous year to build off of, and without the without the personnel to run these competitions, they're just not going to happen. Same thing with teams.
1: Comps, arguably more so, because yeah. I think teams we seem to have a pretty even distribution of independent versus collegiate teams,
0: but comps especially
1: comps for the most part are run by collegiate organizations in some capacity i think
0: the big thing that's going to happen and i'm spitballing at this point i think we're i I think it's honestly it might make room for the rise of a lot of these stateside academies uh dfa cia uh dream dance studios vsb dcmpa i think these academies are now going to be now going to have more room to send their budget Or send their younger kids. I mean, listen, I I get it. But Ipangara, dude, like, one of the teams was a bunch of, like, like young kids. Like, there are younger teams that exist that maybe just don't go to competitions because either they apply, they don't get in, or there just isn't enough room for them. But now there might be. And you might see a proliferation of these academies take place.
1: I think you're right because I think that's where the community aspect is going to shift to, right? Mm -hmm. Right now... For a lot of people, the community aspect of Bunger starts in college, and so when you take that away, academies totally become the you know keepers of the, those traditions and that sense of community. And mm-hmm. so I think it's a really cool opportunity for academies. I I do th- worry about the longevity of the circuit if there's a drain on collegiate dancers. Yeah, for sure, there's that's also there's, a drain event for independent teams as well. Yeah, there, there's
0: going to be a recession. There's going to be a bunga circuit recession.
1: But I do think that it would be... It's not impossible, right? For everyone to come back. Because, because, like, you two... I don't know. Like, when we were... I mean, you and I both started dancing the same year, 2014. Mm -hmm. Like, we were able to learn not just from the dancers around us, but arguably as much, if not more, sometimes from, like, the videos that were available to us that other people were pointing out to us. And so if I, a dancer that starts now has, you know, that many more years of videos to look at. So I think there's definitely a lot of resources out there. Um, and hopefully the communities that, you know, we've been building either through like this podcast or through BTF, um, hopefully those also continue to be resources for people coming out of this. Absolutely. Whenever Uh, that may be. (laughs) God knows. Okay all right last question that we've got for today yeah why is it that you are always posting in btf and why are you involved in every single thing that there is to do with bunger right now
0: (laughs) i mean nobody else is doing anything listen i don't i like listen i don't like actually know anything like it may appear that way because i do a lot of things surface level i don't like i don't particularly consider myself the nastiest dancer or the most creative choreographer or anything like that. I just happened to be some dude who went to the University of Pittsburgh, happened to, jo- happened to join a team under Sid Bundit. Sid Bundit taught me everything he knows and then I just kind of built off of that. And then I also just like doing things and being busy. I, yeah, like I, I really do care. I, like, I want, like, I've made a crazy number of connections and friends and memories Etc., through the circuit. I wanted to continue, but I also wanted to continue in a somewhat more organized and like representable fashion because honestly, like, nobody, it, like, I'm not doing this because I think my opinions matter that much. Dude, if, if somebody else had done it, I would not have done this. And like, if, if somebody else had started a podcast, I wouldn't be like, yeah, I'm gonna start my own podcast and be like, Ur! no, like, it's okay, like, hey, it, it's there, the, the, the void is filled. No, somebody else could have started a, a funger, an online fungera competition in this format. That's not an Instagram-like competition. Nobody did, so I did it.
1: I think it's a conversation that we all keep circling back to as dancers, which is, why is BTF dead? Why is the circuit dead? Like These are conversations we keep having. It, clearly, we're all bugged by it, but I think that... I mean, this is something that's actually on a personal note has changed for me over the last couple of years, where I think my perception of my role in the circuit has also shifted as I've started to move to like considering retirement a few times and I don't feel, I don't feel the same way I did about dancing as I did a few years ago. I I still love dancing, but I don't think that dancing is it for me. I feel more attached to the Bunga community. And I think my role in it is also different than what it used to be. And so the podcast for me is like one way that I feel like I can kind of contribute to sustaining some sense of community, but I don't know. I think that like what it would what it would take for us to stop worrying about the circuit, you know, dying or whether or not we're going to come back after COVID or um, whether BTF is going to continue to be a resource for people. I think if we want to stop worrying about that, then more people, myself included, need to think seriously about what our role is in that community and what we're doing to make sure it you know stays alive stop complaining
0: and do something dogs no like i like i'm serious like you want to complain about me like posting facebook all the time yo i'm trying to start something because like unlike ddn there will never be some kind of central organized force in Bungra. there's just too many factions the the circuits are too disparate in ideologies Do
1: do you think that would make a big difference do you think if we had some sort of umbrella organization for this our circuit people would worry less about the longevity yeah of,
0: yeah 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 i think yeah i think if there were if there was some kind of organizing force um there would there would be less worry about the longevity because it's just like oh there's some kind of structure there isn't there's not going to be one i'm not arguing for one i don't want one and for the for the bunker circuit specifically i really like the variety that this has and i dislike vehemently ddn's like control over everything
1: but it does then put the onus more on individual people mm-hmm. to, like, sustain everything, yeah. you know?
0: Yeah, and so some, like, people need to step up and do something about it. You, you're, you, are you tired of, like, the lack of conversations happening around the circuit? Start a podcast. Start a conversation. Something. If, you, if you're tired of, like, oh, my God, there's not enough competitions in my area or, like, oh, the rubrics are at these competitions suck, okay, start a comp. Do something. Dude, listen, like, yeah, you might see my face around a lot. You might see Sid's face around a lot. Rom's, more so lately. as you're going to see a lot. Nana's, you're seeing a lot. We also didn't get to where we are. We're like, nowhere. We're just, like, (laughs) like we're, we're not special. Like, okay? We just hit up a few people and said, yo, this would be really cool, wouldn't it? All right, let's figure it out. Let's do it. Let's talk to some people.
1: And even before that, even before we had ideas about what may or may not be cool... When we truly didn't know anything, we had up people to be like, "Hey, will you help me with this?" Which is like very scary sometimes. I know this; I've done it before. And but like in both of our cases, we definitely were reliant on people kind of stepping in and mm-hmm. seeing potential in us and you know helping us out, which is definitely something that like we as older dancers can do. But also asking for help was something that I I think dancing taught me how to do way more effectively than I did before.
0: Yeah, listen, like asking for help is super important. And also, I want to help other people. There's a reason we started the podcast. One of the big reasons we started the podcast was because, well, BTF is dying. Conversations aren't really happening. Here's a more accessible way to get information to people. It started because, well, shit, if there's no competitions for an entire year, there's going to be a recession, so let's make sure there's something to do. I want to be, like, I want the circuit to survive. I want the circuit to thrive. And we also just, we also want to pass down that knowledge so that, I don't know, three four years from now, when I'm probably doing less of this stuff, somebody else can be popping into Facebook and saying, "Sup, y'all, we have to do
1: (laughs) (laughs) sup, y'all." Yeah. On this episode. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Applications are out soon for this competition.
0: Yes. (laughs) But yeah, like listen, listen. If you if you're somebody who wants to do who's who wants to do more in the circuit, just reach out to us. Reach out to anybody, and just start shit talk to other people, figure out a plan, make it happen.
1: Yeah, this whole circus is built on the backs of people who made that same move at some point or other. Yeah.
0: Thank you for listening to another episode of The Bungarda Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Please help us out by rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts and Podchaser, as that really helps others find the podcast. Also, don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, all of them at The Bungarda Pod. If you want to know what else is going on in the podcast world, sign up for our newsletter and join our Discord server to get exclusive content you won't get anywhere else. There will be links to all of those in the show notes.